This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey y'all, this is Rowan, two sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers. One third of a business here in Houston, Texas that helps take care of you body and uh, mine on the continuum there. So I'm a licensed midwife, and I am hosting Afterbirth, which is our fourth and more trimester support group. And we don't care when your kids were born. We just want you to come. Or even if you're pregnant right now, we're just here to support and love up and uplift each other and listen and cry and be here together. So that's me. All my kids are old, and adult children are the jam. I want to say that. And that's what's going on right now over here. Would somebody else like to introduce themselves? Hi, I'm Caitlin. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and this month has been absolute hell. It's been somebody has been sick at all points. My five-year-old had pneumonia and then a double ear infection. I had bronchitis. My husband had something, and my youngest had an upper respiratory and now has a double ear infection that the antibiotics didn't work, and now he's on a new antibiotic and one of his eardrums ruptured. So we are just on this sick cruise train that super sucks so he's sitting next to me very curled up and forcing me to sit on the couch most days which has been really rough hey i'm beverly um i have a trying to think of ages eight-year-old seven-year-old five-year-old and an almost four-month-old um we haven't been dealing with sicknesses, but I've been dealing with um, trying to wean my youngest and mastitis and pinched nerves in my neck. And it's also been a pretty rough month, but um, I think we're at the end of it now. Um, yeah. All right. Any uh, news or anything that you want to share before we start talking about today's topic? Um, I do want to share that we're all the way on bottles now and no one is using my tits and it feels great. And um, it was really, it was a rough transition. And I think I definitely felt the, um, what is the word for it? I don't know, the emotional slope when that happens um but i want to so what so like it's a hormone dump right so right did you, did you ingest your placenta after you had your um baby? i did not i actually have um weird side effects trying to do that which is rare but i i've tried it three different times and it never works out for me mm-hmm. so unfortunately i didn't have that to lean on but um I got through it. I mean, it was just like, I expected it to be worse, but I am on antidepressants. So I think that might've helped, but, um, yeah, it was just a week of just feeling really emotional and crummy, but I knew that it was, you know, there was a light at the end of the tunnel. So now she's taking bottles and I feel better emotionally and physically. She's sleeping better at night. Like things are just better than they were a month ago. So yeah. And I want to kind of explain this a little bit for people who aren't aware of this, but like, so postpartum depression and anxiety or any type of mood disorder can start up after you have the baby, right? And then there's two things that can kind of dilute it. One is breastfeeding and the second is ingesting your placenta. 
And so when people stop breastfeeding or they run out of pills or stop taking it or whatever, um, their um, placenta pills or however they're having it, um, it can create that hormone dump again where, um, you know, like it just feels all fresh and new and, and intense. So, and a lot of people aren't aware that that can happen and does frequently happen after breastfeeding because you feel like, oh, really made it through this period, you know, especially for people who nurse, you know, over a year. And then when they start weaning, like, you know, shit really hits the fan. And so that's exactly right. It's your body like recalibrating. And so you knew that going in that your body might do that or how did you, were you prepped at all? Yeah. So this is um, my fourth time weaning a baby and I've never done it this early. So I didn't know if there was going to be a big difference with that. It's actually something that I had kind of forgotten about. And then Dr. B reminded me and before I actually started weaning and then I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing. So I was prepared for it. Um, I don't very clearly remember how bad it was with my other ones. That's very, uh, that's a hazy part of my life, but um, it's, I got through it. I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It was, I think because I was expecting it and I knew it was normal, that was definitely helpful. Caitlin, any words or thoughts around that, stopping breastfeeding and emotional issues? Um, not really. Um, I was so happy to stop breastfeeding my second at like 18 months, but I think my joy over it kind of maybe overrided any of the other stuff. Um, and Skylar, I don't know if we... I mean, I got really mad because he just kind of quit cold turkey at 11 months and refused to latch again and, like, bit any time he was offered. And he was, like, he decided he was done and I was not. And um, so I got angry about it, but I don't know that it was anything more than than that. But for me, I've always just had been chalking that up to the fact that he's ended it before I wanted to. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, today we're supposed to be talking about sex. And I think that I'm not quite sure what Mama D wanted to talk specifically, but we can talk about it. Um, if you guys are comfortable talking about it, let's talk about sex, baby. One thing I know is when people start being intimate again, so this is my thought brain as a midwife, that when a lot of times husbands or partners come in with the person who gave birth who typically identifies as a woman will come in and say um you know i'm just here for the six weeks checkup and they always want to know when can we start having sex again and we always say or i always say when your partner feels comfortable when the person who had the baby feels comfortable having sex that's when you should start resume intercourse and then also um the glands that create lubrication in the vagina can be drier or not as responsive due to breastfeeding, or if there was any type of scar tissue that might have formed, like, you know, because stretching vagina to have a baby through, sometimes it can create a little bit of micro scarring right where the glands are, and the glands um, are uh, pressure receptor glands, so they start putting out their little lube, you know, like you start getting in the mood or whatever, and they start creating lubrication, and then they bump up against scar tissue in your vagina and then they think oh well you know we've already done our job the um they feel like they they're not aware that the pre that the um that the scar tissue doesn't allow the lube to perforate into the vagina and like cause lubrication i'm doing a very bad job of explaining this it's a good job i didn't get that job that i wanted as a um anatomy and physiology teacher in high school Okay, but all this to say that the glands think they're doing their job and they're not able to do their job. So you're going to want to use extra lube a lot of times when you start resuming intercourse. And especially if there was any repair work that needed to happen or if there was any micro tearing or just, um, we call those um, skid marks a little bit, which um, like if you, you know, skinned your knee or something, that um, any type of repair work that the vagina and introitus and your vulva or labia had to do like it's gonna might be really sensitive and you're gonna need extra foreplay and extra like warming up time and being very gentle with your body too the first few times you have intercourse so um that's if there isn't any major scar tissue and if there is i encourage everybody to do self-exploration and, and feel their own body before they become intimate with somebody else so that's my little um, midwifery 411 there okay so now to you guys whoever wants to talk about it 
Okay, so I've definitely struggled with sex after babies, like, every time. But, um, so the first three babies that I had were with my first husband. And um, we didn't have a great sex life at all. But it was like, you know, especially after having a baby, it was really hard. And I always thought that it was because of the person I was with, um, because I didn't like them very much. And of course, that makes you not want to have sex. And so I, this time around with a new baby daddy, I was thinking, oh, it's just going to, it's going to be so much better. Um, and it has been, but it's also like, I didn't, I expected for it to be a lot easier. Of course, the baby's waking up now. I expected it to be a lot easier um, because I have completely different feelings about him, but I'm still like super struggling to like want, like want to have sex. And so that's like bothering me like really bad. And I'm disappointed in the fact that I don't, that I'm not where I wanted to be like sexually, I guess, because I was, I guess, depending on that, oh, this is a different person, I'll feel different about it. And, and now that that's not happening, I feel really disappointed and sad. So anyways, I need to go grab the baby real quick, but I'll be right back. Sure, go grab the baby and we'll keep talking. I mean, don't grab the baby, but you know what I mean. Um, for me, I still struggle. It's more of a body image issue for me. Like, I just don't feel sexy or, you know, anything. Cause I just don't have time to feel that way. Um, and then my husband's schedule is so much different than mine that I feel like we just miss the opportunities all the time because, you know, he just, he leaves at four o'clock in the morning and then he gets home at four thirty um most days, but then we've either got kids or extracurriculars or something. And then because he has to wake up and leave so early, um, he goes to bed at eight thirty. And I'm like, I've just walked out of my son's room putting him to bed. So there's no time for me to feel like, oh, like let's go do this thing or like any kind of intimacy time or um like, there's just no, like, if, if we do have sex, it's going to be, um, there's not going to be a whole lot of foreplay or anything or anything that, like, helps build up, build me up, right? Like, men, I feel like, are always just like, oh, I can go and, like, at the, at the drop of a hat, and I can't do that. So I feel like we just don't, simply because of the time constraints based on the rest of our lives. You know, so it's like almost we almost have to schedule it so that we can just make sure that we're get making sure it gets in because it's an important part of our relationship. But if we don't schedule it, it's just not going to happen because otherwise somebody's too tired. Somebody has to be in bed. You know, both of us have had long days, especially this month. Like there's been nothing because someone's always sick and someone's always up with a baby or someone's always, you know, doing something else. So it's, um, it's a challenge to try and navigate all of those things, right? Body image, time constraints, around your children's schedules, around your own work schedules. It's just, there's so much. How do you fit it in? You know, like, how do you make it happen? And want it to happen in the way that, you know, you actually feel a genuine connection. Because, I mean, I'm just not always down for quick and dirty. Like, it's just not, you know, always a part of it. When I was um, going through getting divorced, um, I started going to a bunch of polyamory meetings. and. I used to feel like, and I do identify as poly a little bit, but I don't feel poly in the way like unnoticed. Like I was like, I was so irritated. I was sitting in these meetings where everybody's like having, you know, seven partners and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't even fit in here. You know, like I fit in nowhere. Um, and it was kind of clickish and stuff, but really 
polyamory at its heart is about communication and that was what I was going for so I would like take my um, embroidery I always have a hand project so I take my embroidery and I would just try and make myself like get as far as I could in the meeting and then I always acted like somebody was having a baby and I had to leave so sorry (laughs) this is a common midwife trick okay so um, but one of the things they they talked about and um one of the things i realized through there is that i'm emotionally poly but not especially physically poly and that was more personal development and learning but they talked a lot about because then it's all about schedule right like you know like if you have two partners and two of your partners or this or that like you have to really schedule stuff and they talked about how things change and how we're not it's not less sexy when you have to schedule it in you know, like if I spontaneously just decide to eat randomly whenever, as opposed to planning my meals and taking, you know, care and intention with it, it doesn't make it less valuable because I've planned it out more. In fact, it makes it almost more valuable. So it's a change from when I think we, and I'll make an I statement, when we land or, you know, come into our sexuality and it's more of like just free flowing and whatever. But now my older approach to almost everything is planning things out and organizing it and prioritizing it and so I think that even makes it more valuable so it's a little bit of a reframe like you know fucking fuck now I got to schedule this too get down with my husband as opposed to this is so important to me that I'm going to nurture it and one guy who I especially found irritating in this group and this is even more irritating because what he said was so valuable I hate it when somebody you hate already says something good that you can learn from I'm like motherfucker that's not how this works this does not work with my black and white thinking but this guy was so irritating and then he said, you know, on days that I know that I'm going to um, have sex with somebody, like I drink less water because he has like a prostate issue or whatever. He, always has to pee. he goes, I drink less water and I make sure I eat well. So I have, he was like in his seventies, I have more stamina and like, and I was like, he goes, cause in order to plan for a positive sexual experience or sex life, I have to nurture it and I have to give it attention and really plan it and take care of it. And I was like, oh. So maybe all the times when, you know, like I waited to the last minute or didn't eat enough or didn't feel rested enough or whatever, and then was trying to force myself to get down, you know, that's not going to work. So caring and nurturing for a valuable part of my life is cool. Just like I plan for my fitness, just how I plan for taking, you know, interactions with my relationships with my kids or whatever. So prioritizing that and making it an affirming part of me as opposed to like, God damn, I got to do this too. Um, was really helpful to hear from him and his practical thing was like you know so he eats better on that day or he you know drinks less water or whatever he does you know maybe he skips his you know Lasix I don't know but anyway the point that I took from that was how can I nurture and take care of my relationships you know um, especially my sexual ones so throwing that out there I think that a lot of times we don't think of sex that way as like something we need to take care of. Um, But it's like a really important thing to take care of. And um, something Caitlin said reminded me of, uh, it wasn't that long ago that like, I, I think I had just put the baby down. Oh, we had just gotten the kids to sleep. I just got the baby to sleep. I put her down knowing she's probably going to stay asleep for 10 minutes and then wake up. And then he's trying to, like, feel up on me. And then I was like, you know, it's really hard for me to just transition from busy, stressed out mother to, like, this fucking sex goddess. Like, I can't do it. And and he's he's very understanding about stuff like that. You know, he doesn't it doesn't make me feel bad for, you know, my ex would have totally made me feel like shit, but, um, he was like, okay, I understand. But, but I don't think he does understand because like, even as sweet as he is, he doesn't like, he's still, you know, it's his thought process is like, Oh, we need to get it in while we can, you know, we have 10 minutes, but I'm like, I can't do that. It's not like, it makes me not want to have sex. And I think that's a big reason why I'm, I'm having trouble right now because um, it's, it's like a stress, it's like some, a stressful thing on the to-do list for me right now. Like, okay, I know we need to do this. Like, 
I need we need to do it at least, you know, a few times a week, but like how, how, like <laughs> it's, we're giving up either sleeping or just me being able to relax. And, you know, I've tried to say, you know, like, I would really like for you to maybe just like rub my back for a few minutes or, you know, and then there's been a couple of times that he'll rub my back for a few minutes and then the baby wakes up and then he's like, Oh, and I'm like, you know, we, we just do our best. And like, if all we did was you give me a back rub, then <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but you know, I, I, like I said, I can't just snap into it. And yeah, men are like a lot more likely to just like be ready at the drop of a hat. And I, I can't like, so I think that's like the hardest thing to navigate right now is, um, how to, how to make time for it. And, but we do try to plan it out sometimes. Like there's times that, um, we call it hanging out, especially if like anyone's around, he's like, Hey, do you want to hang out later? And I'm like, yeah, but then it only happens, you know, like half the time. So, but I'm, I am glad that we have like a word for it, you know? Um, it's like, if he says, Hey, do you want to hang out? I like can mentally prepare myself for that a little bit ahead of time, which makes it a little bit easier for me. So. Martha just joined us. Hey, Martha, we're talking about sex and prioritizing our sexual relationship with our spouses or whomever. Um, or even with ourselves, you know, that's another point too. It's hard to feel sexy all the time with somebody else if you don't feel sexy just with your own self, right? And I told a little story about a dude who um, talked about really nurturing his sex life with um, the different partners he had. It was at a polyamory meeting and stuff that I heard this. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about sex. And Caitlin just said in the chat box, I feel like I've been touched all day as a mom and I need to transition and touch emotion to get to a sexy person. For real real you got any more do you want to say about that no I just mean that like when my kids are hanging on me like not even nursing anymore but they're hanging on me or asking for something pulling my shirt pulling on my pant loops or my back pockets or you know like finding ways to touch me to get what their get their needs met right or ask me for something or um any of those things so then if my husband just starts touching me again it's like it's it almost shuts me back or it kind of closes the door on certain things because it's um it's like a touch reminder right because we've um it, it's like I need to take care of another person not you're helping take care of me and I'm going to help take care of you it's not a mutual thing all of a sudden it feels like oh, I have to take care of another person, right? So it's um, some kind of touch trigger, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe that. But yeah, but like my kids are, touch me specific, specifically to me, get their needs met. And then if my husband touches me to get his needs met instead of meeting me at where I'm at to get me to where I'm at, I, yeah. I, I don't know how else to describe that. And with the touching, is there consent in that, you know? Like, I've heard of people, like, telling their kids, you know, no, you can't nurse right now. And then they look down and there's, you know, a baby on their boob. And they're not a baby, but, you know, big enough for you to say, like, look, not right now. And then they're on them, you know? So, like, where's the consent culture if somebody's touching you all the time? And I mean, I do tell my kids, like, I don't want to be touched right now. Please sit away from me, you know, do those things. But again, it's just, I think there's a difference when someone's touching you because they need something versus when they're touching you because they want to be close to you. I think that's the difference. My mom had... um my mom had a, my mom's transition now, but she had a, a disease process called ankylosing spondylitis. 
and it was a very painful disease. So like my, I never had a mom that I could touch very much. Like, you know, so any touch was jarring and upsetting and, and difficult for her. So, um, you know, I don't have experience with having a mom that could be real touchy and feely. And I notice as I get older, I don't want to be touched as much either. So this is kind of an interesting thing. I'm uh, 49 for those who are listening right now. And interestingly, I've been a massage therapist for 25 years. So I touch people all day long. So maybe some of that's like for me when I come home, I'm like, do not touch me. And it's less less touching now that I'm a midwife. But um, yeah, interesting thoughts there. Okay. Is there anything you guys can think of that you could do to um, help nurture the the hanging out, <laughs> as Bev called it, <laughs> um, to prioritize it or to look at that differently or reframe it or is there any way that um besides just one more freaking thing i got to do on this list i got to check off does that spark inspiration and the whole idea of like oh this is something i actually wanted to do at one point and sometimes if we go through the motions it comes back right i had a friend named georgia lister who um she would be okay with me telling this story that she used to put it on her calendar every wednesday was having sex day and then, and then after a while, it was like, oh, it's not even Wednesday, and we're getting down, you know. But, and then another friend of mine gets down every Sunday morning before. Um, she's an older person, but um, I mean, she's like my age. But her and her husband, like, they get down um, Sunday morning before they get out of bed. That's their time every week. So that's what I've known some other folks have done. I know that my in-laws have a night every every week. They have a night. And they're like, we try and not let anything in there, you know. And they're and my mother-in-law tells me all the time, she's like, Friday nights, it's not just sex. It's we turn the TVs off, we have a glass of wine, we talk for a while. Like we, it's like their their re-download of sp- spending time together to the point that then they like want to be intimate. And it's not always just sex; it's intimacy, right? It's just spending time with your partner in an intimate way. It doesn't have to be intercourse. But she's like, that's the important part for me is that I get like specific, a specific type of connection with my husband. And then he gets his specific type of connection and they speak each other's love language in that way. Right. And we've talked about love languages before. So scheduling time just to have time to speak each other's love language and whatever that looks like. I really like the idea of um, setting aside, you know, one day a week to say, okay, this is, we're going to spend time together, turn everything off and all that. Um, Because when you said, what are y'all going to do to, you know, grow and help the situation? I'm thinking, I don't fucking know. Like, I, (laughs) I really don't know. It's been, it's been hard. And, um, I think part of part of the issue for me right now is that my boyfriend and I were not together very long at all before I got pregnant. And so our whole relationship, um, the sex has been like not exactly what either of us would like. I mean, he would never say that, but I know. I mean, we have like some vanilla ass sex because... I've always been either throwing up or in a lot of pain or fucking tired or emotional the whole time. Like I literally got pregnant like the second or third time we had sex. Like we have not had very much, very much opportunity to like explore each other. You know what I mean? Like in, in the way that, in the way that someone should be able to. Um, so. I guess sometimes I don't want to say I feel awkward having sex, but I feel a lot more self-conscious because of the fact that we haven't gotten to do that. And we know each other really well. Like we've been friends for, for many years, but the fact that basically our whole relationship, I've been either pregnant or postpartum has made it really hard. And I just really want to get to a point where we can 
not just do the same thing over and over again because we're in a hurry and I feel like shit and I have a headache and you know I'm just I'm tired of that and I'm hoping did I cut out you're here okay okay I'm just I'm hoping that at some point soon I can figure out I think the setting aside one day a week is a really good idea so I'm going to start there and see how it goes and have you told them have you is this a topic of conversation that you've been sick or postpartum or pregnant and that you feel awkward and does he know these things um, I've never used the word awkward because I would not want to, I don't know, that just, I would feel, I would feel heartbroken if someone says, I feel awkward having sex with you. So, no, no, I haven't said that. Our secret, it's our secret. <laughs> I have, you know, I guess I haven't like sat down and had like, you know, I want to have a conversation about this, but I've mentioned it like, you know. At some point, oh, it was like during the very end of my pregnancy, I was freaking huge. We could barely, you know, do anything and we were doing the best we could. And I was like, I was like, I'm sorry that like all of our sex has been, you know, just like this. And then he was like, no, I love having sex with you. But, and, and, you know, he does, but I'm, I'm sure that he's thinking like, can we do something other than you just like laying on your back? (laughs) So it's like, He's never made a deal out of it or anything like that. Um, But yeah, I guess I've just never figured out exactly. Like I need to sit down and have more of a conversation about it. I just, I don't want to say anything, I guess, that would hurt his feelings or, because it's nothing that he's doing. It's, it's, it's me. (laughs) What about, um. My husband did this for our anniversary a few years ago. He, like, we've been together for, like, 12 years. He went to a sex shop and, like, asked for help. She, he was like, these are the things my wife likes. Find me, like, what else could I do? And they helped him find some things, and he kind of surprised me. But then it was like he asked for consent before we tried something new um, kind of thing. And that might be TMI for people, but suck it. Um, like, um, and so that was really helpful. Like, I was like, you went through the effort of going somewhere, asking someone else for advice on what specifically I might like. And, you know, and that was just, um, and it didn't come across as like, he was bored with our sex life. He was like, I just wanted to do something, you know, see if there was something different we liked, you know, we've been together forever and um, it wasn't awkward at all. And so now we, um, we've talked about it and we found new things that we like, right? And it kind of spices things up again and you want to do certain things um, differently. So that's been, that was like one of the best surprises ever. yeah. I think that's romantic. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. Like, and it was yeah. in a hotel room. So like, he, like we, he was like, we're going to do this. We're going to destroy this hotel room. Aww. Like, here you go. You know, it was not like we went home and the kids were there and he's like, no. let me try all this shit with you. No, he was that's... like, we're going to be in a hotel room. We're going to be away from the kids. We have to worry about nothing. It was great. That is so, beautiful. Um, anyway, or even like now, like we might, what I'm thinking we might try and do is like, if we get popsicle sticks or something and like, we each write things that we would like to try and, you know, randomly pull shit out of a jar, (laughs) you know, I don't know. And hi, Martha. Hi. <laughs> I was having some technical difficulties. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, um I I will uh, do a little contribution to this. I'm sorry about my lateness. Um so this is probably backtracking a little bit, but um I don't know if anyone else has this in common. 
but for me and my husband, like, um, awkwardness in terms of sex, and I may have brought this up before, came about well before our son arrived, um, because of like the, the job of sex when it's, uh, wanting to get pregnant. And so it does turn like kind of clinical and cold and all of that stuff. And then IVF on top of that for me was like, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's something I had, I have never recovered from with that stage and I haven't come back from it. And I'm like kind of freaking out sometimes hoping, you know, I will bounce back. But um, it was just like what Rowan was saying, like feeling, feeling sexy, feeling confident, that kind of stuff. For some reason, there was something tied into what I went through. And uh, I don't know, like a therapist can't even help me with that one right now. But I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you feel like something kind of got plucked away from you and you're trying to find it again. Um, but definitely I'm a big, like a big, uh, uh, cheer, cheerleader champion, whatever for like, like really like sweet, intimate type things with my husband. And that always helps is like, uh, you know, holding hands, watching a movie, you know, kind of getting back to those basics. And even if it is for an hour or a couple hours or whatever, that always seems to, you know, if even if that's the only thing we do is hold hands and watch a movie and cuddle and whatever, um, you know, that's kind of like where we're at is, you know, that's, that's what helps. But, um, but yeah. I don't know if uh, if uh, anyone else has anything similar, but <laughs> that's my ten cents, two cents, whatever. Yeah. Thanks, Martha. Um, I did put in the link, Martha. I'm going to mute you, um, but unmute yourself if you want to speak again. This is not just permanent. Um, it just cleans up the audio for the podcast, and it cuts down on my time that I have to do the stuff with. So. Um, Let's see. I put a link in the chat box that if you uh, did anybody see this, I also posted in the Facebook group that we have, and it was the vibrator that was like that super vibrator where that lady like could barely go get pick her kids up from school after she used it. So I just I'm gonna include that link, and I think Lindsay might have got one. So and I'm gonna see Lindsay later on today, so I'll report back how it's going because I was like, when you buy one, get me one, and she's like, dude, too late, I already bought it. I was like man, you snooze, you lose. So I wanted to check in. Um, is, are you feeling sexy with yourself? That's a question. And maybe even for you, Martha, after um, the IVF, is, are you feeling sexy with yourself? Are you using your sex toys? Is there anything that you do just like solo care that, um, I don't know, that's my question. Yeah, I would definitely say self-confidence self-love, those things are at a very, 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 very low and have been um, more so since becoming a mom. It triggered something. I don't know what, or it just made what was already existing worse because it's just like, here's a big shock change to your life. And then, you know, things that you already have going on kind of get amplified. <laughs> So that's like, that's where I've felt with many things in my life, practically almost all aspects. But, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I feel like I've lost touch with the, the sexual side and the self-love side for sure. For sure. Is self-love a euphemism for sex for one or masturbation? Oh, it totally can be in this case for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a broad spectrum cover it all okay anybody else my ladies my peeps um how's the sex for one going because it's hard to have sex for two if you're not feeling good with sex for one that hasn't happened in a while for me again with the pregnancy postpartum just like it's 
I just haven't been feeling it at all. So yeah, that definitely, you're right. It, I mean, I think that plays a big part in what's going on. And then of course, being self-conscious and dealing with new body all over again and all that. Happened like once this recently, but that's because we're once both my kids were actually in school and I was like, oh, I don't actually have a million things to do today. And I was like, fuck it, I'm taking this. <laughs> like, you know, took 30 minutes for myself and it was great. But again, it was like, I don't feel sexy while I'm doing that. Like, it just doesn't, I mean, I enjoy myself, but I'm not. Um, and I would love to do it more often so that I could feel sexy about it. But it's just, again, between schedules and kids and like, you can't just take 30 minutes and go, you know, while your kids are home. Like, it's just not, um, or at least for me, because my kids know how to unlock doors and all those kinds of things. Um, and we're working let me, on let those me boundaries, throw this out. but damn. Let me throw this out. So what about... Um, so we're, this is talking to Caitlin and earlier, Martha, she shared that um, her, her husband goes to bed at 830. That's about the time she gets out of her kid's room from um, putting them down. So what happens if you go and you take a hot bath with your favorite new toy and get it down with yourself? Because like here, we're, we've been talking about prioritizing intimacy with our partners, but we haven't talked about prioritizing intimacy with ourselves. So what happens if you have a date for sex for one? And too bad if you get loud. Maybe he wants to come and join you, but you know this is a party for one. Unless he's uh, otherwise in. Sorry, honey, totally we don't need that. you around here. <laughs> totally done that. Absolutely done it. Because um, one of the things he got me was an under like can be used underwater. So, um, yeah, thanks, husband. Uh, love it. Um, it's like my new favorite toy. Um, so yeah, I have done that. Like while the even while my husband was home with the kids and he was watching the kids because I said I'm gonna go take a bath, um, and he knows like just not to interrupt, and he assumed I was just taking a bath, which is great. Like nobody needs to know, right? Um, but yeah, I it's again, I don't know. And then okay, here's something for y'all. After sometimes I feel really guilty because my husband didn't get any when he's been the one wanting it but then I'm like okay but this is the time that I've had to be able to do it this is when I wanted to do it and you weren't available you know but like there's definitely um some guilt there that like I'm taking care of myself and not him um call that whatever you will but it's part of it that's good information right because you're god the guilt you think men feel guilt <laughs> like this oh well i got myself off and my wife really wanted to be intimate with me but she wasn't here so i just took care of myself you think men are staying up late worried about that shit sorry to be a hater <laughs> they don't care They don't care at all. Oh, it makes me think of there was a show um, where he like, um, oh, he goes and like his him and his wife are trying to get pregnant, and he goes to her office, and she's like, oh, you know, well maybe we could do a quickie real quick, and then she leaves and comes back, and it took him took her too long to get back, so he's like, uh, I already took care of myself, and she's like, what the hell. And he's like, I don't feel guilty at all. Like, he just, they do their thing, right? And I, I don't know. I don't even know if my husband does or when he does. So, like, obviously he doesn't feel guilty, but why do I have to feel guilt? <laughs> Shitty. And I think conversations like this are good. They, they, they lead into the intimacy, right? So, you know, the other night, well, one of my marvelous bath, yeah. So, and I... I felt guilty. You know, I think like conversation starting, right? Because this is what I learned from all those stupid polyamory meetings is that communication is where it's at and communication is where the intimacy starts. So, and just like you would say every Wednesday night or every Friday night or every Tuesday morning or whatever, 
um, that you're going to be intimate with your partner, why wouldn't you schedule that time for yourself too? If that's an important part of your relationship with yourself, right? I just want to really lobby for that. And I know we're out of time and this isn't going to like, I mean, I know like we are kind of close to the end of this podcast or the support group, but I'll also know that we're out of time in our lives and time is the most valuable commodity we have, but this time is really important to the relationship with yourself and the relationship with your spouse. So why wouldn't you prioritize self-care of getting down with yourself if that's what you want to do, if that's part of your relationship with yourself, especially if it's been gone for so long. So like get that, you know, link that I put in the, the um, whatever. And here's the other thing I wanted to throw out is if someone offers you like, when I was still married to my former partner, they were um, moving hair salons. And so he gave me a cold call list and he said, can you call all these people and tell them that I'm moving salons and whatever. And, you know, however, just connect with them. And so, and I was so pissed because I'd wanted him to, you know, get all these emails and these phone numbers and put it in a MailChimp and we could send it out on a newsletter, but no. Okay. So here I have this list and a lot of people were actually some of my clients too. So they're like, Oh, Hey Rowan, you know, and so I got like halfway through the list and um, I was like, okay, I got halfway through the list. I'm going to go to yoga now. And he goes, don't go to yoga. And I was like, look, I'm really tense. I need to relax. And he goes, if you stay, if you stay here and like finish doing this list, I promise I'll eat your pussy. And I was like, when is this happening, Trey? When is this happening? Okay. And he goes, tonight, it's happening tonight. If you finish this list. And I was like, okay. So I stayed and finished the list. Um, and for all the flaws that I've had with my different relationships, having, um, you know, that them not being good partners is not part of it. So for that, I'm grateful. Um, but I don't feel guilty at all for like my, like I earned my like relaxation time here. Cause I went through that whole cold call list. So I want to say that if things like that are fun and happen in your relationship, not to feel guilty also. Right. So throwing that out there. Also something else that my husband has used to make sure that he gets his, we were playing Monopoly and he traded outside the game. He gave traded. everything for something outside the game. I love this. I love this. Okay. The side deal. He finds a way. Like, men are super creative. If they really need it, they will find a way to get what they need, you know? Yeah. Everyone else thought that was a really unfair trade. And he was like, I don't give a shit. I'm done. I'm, I'm out of the game. I don't have to play anymore. And I'm getting something later. <laughs> yeah. Right on. <laughs> My boyfriend knows that if he wants anything, his chances go way up higher if he does laundry and dishes. <laughs> I all have sex for done laundry and dishes. <laughs> this is good. The positive reinforcement plan. It's true. When a husband or partner, when they clean, sometimes that's like the, the only thing you need. <laughs> The foreplay, yes. That's someone taking something off my plate so that I can fill it with sex. That's what that is for me. And I totally get it. Something out of my mind to fill it with something else. That's a good way to say that. Well, I'd like to get down, but look at this kitchen. Oh, look at this gleaming kitchen. Hey, I'd like to get down. Would you like to hang out? Let's go. All right. Well, we're here kind of at the end. Um, now I got time for this. <laughs> Before, nobody had time for this, but now I've had time for this. We're kind of towards the end um, of today's meeting. Um, I think we'll probably talk about sex next week, too, so, which means it's good that everybody can uh, try and see where they get as far as setting up a date or having more sex with themselves or if there's something you need to feel more sexy within yourself, pursue that. I know for me, like one thing that I started doing was dyeing my eyebrows and it really like, I don't know why having a nice dyed eyebrow, a curated eyebrow people, I am telling you, I remember when Adila had, oh no, it was you, Caitlin, you got your eyelashes done. Remember when you, was that you? No, it was Adila who got her um, extension, her um, whatever those are. 
the lashes filled in. They look so good. The lash extensions, they look so good. She stuck her, you know, eyes like almost up in the camera. And then you had your new red dress on that day that you wore for us. Do you remember that? So it's okay to look good for each other. We can also look ratty. That's fine. Um, but also looking good for each other. And if there's something that you can do for yourself, including sex or masturbation or whatever, um, but I want to encourage everybody to do it. And um, I might have my eyebrows next week. I don't know. Okay. And uh, any last thoughts before we go to uh, signing off? I will, I will just say that I think I, I needed this and um, I'm totally down for another round next week. So. All right. You got time for this. Okay. Next week. <laughs> Caitlin, Martha, any last thoughts? No, I'm good. I'm I'm definitely also down with continuing this conversation. Is it definitely at least a two, maybe three part or who knows? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, everybody try and have sex with yourself or somebody else by next week if you want to, fully consent. Okay. <laughs> and feel free to look cute for us next week so we can all admire each other. Martha, figure <laughs> out how to turn your phone um your video on so we can see how cute you are too. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Well, unmute yourselves and we're tell each other that we love each other. And um, I wanted to say that uh, Adila started sponsoring the uh, the podcast. So we have our second subscriber. It was Bev was our first one. Got the ball rolling. Thank you, Bev. Now Adila's on board and that's good. And I also want to say just because you support one month doesn't mean you have to support for the rest of your life. I'm just so excited that when people, you know, show up here and they also support the podcast, our, our ask price is 99 cents. Um, it just really helps a lot. And I think it's great. So let's uh, unmute each other, unmute ourselves and say, we love each other. If you real, roll that way, if you don't just move your lips, like you're saying, it. okay. And uh, anyway, all right. Bev, I unmuted you. All right, everybody. I'm super appreciative of everybody being here today. Love you very much. Love you Love all. Love you all. Love you all, and I'll see you next week. Ciao for Love now. Love you all. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.